Welcome to the Heart of the Father podcast. We're glad you're here and able to listen in. We're praying the Lord will speak to your heart through this message and that you be transformed more and more into the image of Christ. I think what the Lord is calling us into, and I did have a message about growing into maturity, but my messages are like an hour, hour and 15. So we're not going to do that. Sigh of relief. But I do want to say that I believe that every one of us would acknowledge this, that there are things on the table that the Lord desires for us and has provided for us and wants us to walk and live in that we have not yet taken possession of. Can, can we all acknowledge that that's the case? All right. This is, I was thinking this morning when we were dancing around and, and worshiping and shouting just rejoicing to see everybody entering in, but I also have this thought in my head, if my parents were alive and were here, they'd be horrified. <laughs> but it's okay. Here's, here's the point. Spiritual hunger looks like something. Real spiritual hunger is not the hunger for a Twinkie and a root beer. It's the hunger that if you don't eat, you will die. And if you don't drink, you will perish in the desert. Real spiritual hunger has to it an edge of desperation. And you see pictures of it in the scripture. You see a man who's blind. His name is Bartimaeus. And Jesus is walking along the road with his disciples. And there's throngs of people. And Bartimaeus is crying out, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus There's a lot of noise. He keeps walking. His disciples keep walking. And it says, when Jesus got past Bartimaeus, he he didn't stop crying out. It said he cried out all the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. To the point where the disciples came back and said, shh, shut up. You're causing a ruckus here. Quiet. And he cried out all the more. Because desperation makes you do things that you wouldn't normally do. It causes you to cry out and to reach out in ways that make it seem risky and awkward and people around you feel awkward. And you know what? Jesus is okay with that. There's a woman in Mark chapter 5 who had suffered with a flow of blood in her life for years and spent everything that she had on doctors but didn't get better, actually was worse. And she knew she was unclean and that anyone that she touched would be defiled according to the ceremonial law of Moses. But she was desperate. This is what hunger looks like. You press through the crowd. If if you want more of God in your life, if you want more fullness in your life, the likelihood is Your total freedom, it might come at the altar dancing here, but I will tell you the likelihood is that it's going to come in a little bit longer journey than that. When you start out something, you get something at the altar. You get some kind of a catalytic effect that lights your fire, but you have to keep blowing on that fire and keep moving and in your prayer closet. And in other times you have to cry out, God, son of David, have mercy on me. This is not okay. One of my spiritual heroes, 
His name is William Seymour. The Lord used him to be the fire that ignited Azusa Street revival and Pentecost flooded throughout the whole earth. 1906. Seymour was born in Louisiana. Both of his parents were slaves. Civil War happened. Emancipation Proclamation happened. Seymour was freed. He moved up into Ohio area. And while he was there as a young man, he got smallpox. And he went blind in his left eye. If you've ever seen pictures of him, it looks like it's a glass eye. It's just glazed over. He lost his sight in his left eye. But there was a hunger in that man that knew that there was more fullness. He saw that there was the filling of the Holy Spirit. He read Acts chapter 2 and he saw that these same disciples that were terrified and hiding in a room for fear of being caught by the religious leaders, when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they started standing out in public and proclaiming Jesus is the Son of God and healing people publicly. These same people that were so terrified and afraid now became fireballs to where the book of Acts says, those who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Seymour saw, there's something in that I don't have. I love Jesus and I'm a believer, but I don't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I want it. And he began to cry out and read. And at one point he heard of a man who had a Bible college in Texas named Charles Parham. And he said, that guy's teaching being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I've got to get down there. Seymour was working a full-time job to support himself at that point. And he was so hungry for God that he was spending six hours a day praying and crying out to God. He got down to Texas. He found Charles Parham in the Bible college. And he said, can can I come? I heard that you're teaching about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and I've got to have it. Will you let me come into your class? And Parham said, I'm sorry, the, the laws in the state of Texas don't allow there to be mixed races in the same classroom. And I can't allow you to come in my class. And instead of getting offended, Seymour said, can I sit outside the door then and listen? Come on. If you're going to let offense stop you from getting what God has for you, you will not get it. You can throw the race card. You can throw the poor me card. You can throw the pity me card. But that will actually be a hindrance of you getting. Just keep moving and keep crying out. So Seymour sat at the door for the whole semester. He would come and sit outside the classroom because he was a black man. And listen through the door while Charles Parham taught about the fullness of the Holy Spirit in the class. And his hunger got more and more hot and burned inside of his heart. He was crying out to the Lord after that. He said, God, I've got to have the fullness of your spirit. I've got to have more of you. And he said in his own memoirs, The Spirit spoke to me and said, 
There's more for you to have, but you have to seek it by more fasting and prayer. He's already working full-time, going to the Bible college and praying six hours a day. So he says, I increase my hours to eight. How bad do you want it? Is it worth shouting? Is it worth crying? Is it worth praying and seeking and pouring your guts out at the altar? Because you have to have more. We don't often experience that kind of hunger because we have so many ways to fill it and make it feel better. But the exact wrong thing to do is to try to quench your hunger and make it feel better so it doesn't hurt. Because real hunger hurts. And Seymour made his way. He got a letter from some people that he had met while at Parham School. And there was a lady there, and she sent him a letter in Texas saying, hey, we've got this little church opening up, and and we need a pastor. And and I, I feel like the Lord put you on my heart that you would maybe be the guy to do that. Would you be interested in coming to Los Angeles? Seymour said, absolutely, I'll come. He began to make his way out to Los Angeles. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit yet. His first message at that church, he preached out of Acts chapter 2 about being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues, even though he didn't do it. And after that service, they said, thank you very much for coming. He actually lived in the church as well as part of the deal. There was a little room in there. And after he preached that one message, they locked him out and took away all of his stuff and threw his stuff out on the street and said, we don't want you here with that kind of message. But God, I thought you put this hunger inside of me that there's more. And look, at every turn, there's disappointment. There's racism. There's everything that's standing in my way. And the Lord's answer is, yeah, but what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit down and cry and feel sorry for yourself and quit? Or are you going to press on and keep crying like Bartimaeus? Have mercy on me, son of David, until he stopped. And Jesus stopped. He said, bring that man to me. There's something inside of him that draws me to him. Bring him to me. And then the amazing Jesus. Here's a blind man being led by the hand. Son, what do you want me to do for you? Duh! No. But Jesus wanted him to voice it. I want my eyes to be healed. Your faith has come to a fever pitch. See, faith and desire are hooked together. Your faith has risen like a volcano. I see it in you. Your faith has made you whole. Blind man, healed. Woman who reached out through the crowd. Who touched me? Disciples say, 
There's this massive crowd around you, Lord, and you're asking who touched you? No, somebody touched me like that. And she came trembling and fearful because she knew she had just violated all the rules. And Jesus said to her, I see that inside of your belly. I feel the pull of that hunger and that faith connected together. That you're not going to let anything keep you from getting to me. No matter what it is. And you're not going to keep trying to pour oil or tonic to make the hunger go away. You're not going to sit down and binge on TV to try to make that hunger go away. Who's ever done that? Have you ever done that? I've done it. Because I've had hunger that burns in my belly so bad that it hurts. And I would writhe laying in bed at night. God, there's more. What in the world am I doing? I'm not a businessman. Why am I in business here? He's like, just let it vent. It's okay. He responds to hunger with fullness. Amen. He Responds to real hunger with fullness. Our problem in America is that we really don't know what real hunger is. And if we do have hunger, we don't let it last long because we have snacks everywhere. But Jesus is saying, Harifam, individual believer, man or woman of God, how bad do you want it? Is it important enough to you to let that hunger come to its full climax to where it becomes consuming? And that cry, he will stop the parade in the middle of the road and go, come here. This, this is your time! We have so much working against us in America because we're, we're way too comfortable to let spiritual hunger grow to maturity in us. It's just really true. Seymour finally gets to Los Angeles. He's preaching an experience he doesn't even have yet. <laughs> He's so hungry. He gets kicked out of the first church and the house he's staying in. So there's a group of people there that heard him preach that were stirred. And they said, hey, come over to our house on Bonnie Bright Street. And, and we have this porch. And, and, and you can preach from that porch and people will gather outside and you can still share. Like, we want to hear that hunger. We want to be burned by the fire that burns inside of you. And so Seymour kept preaching. They went to Bonnie Bray Street, and they just waited on the Lord. They sought the Lord. He preached the same message over and over again. This is real. God's desire is for us to be full of His Spirit. And the crowds got big enough to where one day when they gathered, that porch actually collapsed and fell to the ground. 
And Seymour kept preaching. And they found a little building, which was a warehouse where they had animals and feed in it. And they took that building and they made it into a gathering place on Azusa Street. And Seymour still wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. He kept preaching the truth that he saw. He kept hungering and crying out to the Lord. In those services, the pulpit was boxes that they had found in the building. They stacked them up. And Seymour would, according to those who were there, most of the time he just was there crying out to God and he had his head inside of the box where nobody could see him. This was not a slick production at all. This is about finding God in his fullness. And one day, when Seymour was doing that and seeking and preaching, the Holy Spirit came upon him in amazing power, and he was filled with the Spirit, and he spoke with tongues, and one of his friends who was at that, not right at that moment, but came shortly thereafter was a man named John G. Lake, if you've ever heard of John Lake. John Lake gave this testimony about William Seymour. He was so hungry that when the power of God fell upon him in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it glorified him. That's what he said. That's what Lake said. That's a pretty big testimonial from John Lake. He said, he was the hungriest man that I ever knew in my life. And the power of Pentecost came out of that little stinking warehouse that they had to shovel all of the dung out and all of the feed. And it literally spread around the world. They sent missionaries to almost every country of the world. And they were filled with the Spirit. And you know, their theology of speaking with tongues is not mine. But God's like, whatever. Their theology of speaking with tongues is it enables you to go and evangelize peoples that you have never learned their language. And that happened in multiple occasions. They would literally go to a country, I feel like I'm called to Sweden, and they would get there and they would actually speak Swedish fluently and preach the gospel to people and the power of Pentecost came. I know that seems weird to you. It is weird. But it's something that God would do. 600 million at least people today claim to be Pentecostals and almost every one of them came out of that fire that that one hungry man carried in his bosom. No, there were other people there. No mistake. It wasn't just Seymour. You don't know the power of the spiritual hunger in your life, how it can affect other people. And and my encouragement, my exhortation in coming to maturity, can can we take a pulse of the spiritual hunger in our life? Like, do do we come and gather together because we want to have a good time or because we want God to entertain us or because we want to see somebody perform or because we want to hear good worship? Are we coming 
Because inside of our belly, there's a cry and a hunger that cannot be satisfied with anything or anyone but the living God in greater fullness than we've ever experienced. That's the question. And for us as, as Americans, honestly, we're fighting against the headwind. If you go to Iraq or Iran or North Korea or China even, the believers there have a different issue. Their issue is that they're crushed by the authorities or they're in fear of their lives or house getting burned down or wife getting raped or machine guns coming to their church services and their gatherings. But one thing that they have and that they carry, which is the reason that there's fire that flows out of their gatherings, is that they're hungry for God and they're counting the cost. There, there's something in Scripture about being a disciple of Jesus I love Jesus because he doesn't put the hard stuff at the bottom of the contract in small print. He puts it in bold caps on the top. I know we don't do that because that doesn't sell. But he did that. If you want to follow me, it's really simple. You just have to give up everything you have. Everything. 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 And then all that I have becomes yours. It's, it's the trade of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure buried in a field. And when he saw what his shovel hit and he dug that up and he opened that lid, he said, <laughs> He buried it back real quick and he ran for joy and liquidated his whole life to buy that field. He's like a man who is searching for valuable pearls. And upon finding one exquisite pearl of great price, he went and sold everything that he had in order to buy that pearl. Maybe the biggest question for us is what, what haven't we sold yet? What haven't we actually put out there on the altar yet? Lord, I want to be hungry. I want my thirst and hunger for you to go beyond just the gatherings that we have together. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I wish I could explain to you how my heart glows with joy just looking out at the congregation when everybody's praising God and, and dancing and seeking Him. But the question we have to ask is, what have we yet to release? What have we yet to sell? I don't necessarily mean literally, although it might mean that. But, but I know we go, we want to put all these caveats in there. Well, he, he really didn't mean that, right? But our heart has to be, it doesn't matter if he really meant all of that. It's still released. If you want to follow after me, you have to hate 
father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, even your own life. And oh yeah, by the way, you have to release and relinquish all of your own possessions or you cannot be my disciple. This is the Christianity that it doesn't take that much to cause it to flame up into fire. We have in the West, and this is not a throwdown, y'all. It's not a throwdown. I get it. I live where you live. But so often there's just a lot of wet wood in our life. And so you can get a lot of fire, but that wet wood takes a while to dry out. And I think the Lord is part of our journey, is part of our journey as a people here. I believe the Lord has been saying for a while that, that the water is rising. It is, it is rising in this place. It's beautiful to see so many putting in their supply and having something from the Holy Spirit to put in. That's really, really beautiful. The water's rising. But I believe this, in order for us to get where the Lord actually has for us to go, we're, we're only in process It's going to take deeper desire, which means it's going to take our, get us getting our wood dried out to where it can be on fire and spiritual hunger being ignited in us. And the thing that makes us burn inside more than anything else is Jesus, his presence and his purposes. Spiritual hunger. When he said, those who hunger and thirst... In Matthew 5, 6, that they'll be filled. The words there for hunger and thirst mean I want the whole thing. I don't just want a bite. I don't just want a crumb. I want the whole thing. I don't just want Jesus enough to where he fixes my stuff. I want him enough to where he consumes my whole life. My thoughts, the things that I enjoy, the things that I think about in my spare time that I look forward to are not TV programs or movies. They're Jesus. They're the fullness of the Spirit. They're the things of God that consume me and His fullness sweeping over my whole life, my whole family, my whole community. I long to see the Lord come in greater power and glory. I long for us to experience His holiness in ways that we never have. I had an older friend who's gone to be with Jesus now for a long time, decades. Shorty was his name. He was around during the times of the healing revival in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And he used to tell me stories of what happened in some of those meetings. One meeting, he said there was an evangelist, healing evangelist named Leroy Jenkins. And in that meeting, you know, you know they, they were, there was a season there where the Lord was just pouring out healing in masses. Marvelous. And he said there was a little girl that some parents had brought, and she was born with no bones in her legs, just like ragdoll legs, no bones. And he said, that man went over, this is, this is bold, audacious faith, picked up that little girl by her hands, and everybody saw that her little legs were just like ragdoll legs. And he said, 
honey. Be healed in the name of Jesus. And he put that little girl down. And she ran around that auditorium. And Shorty told me, he said, everybody went, crawled underneath their chairs. It was terrifying. The fear of the Lord when God comes into the house. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I do. But I also want his holiness to so change me that I can't stay the same with the compromises in my life. I don't just want him to entertain me in where I can say, I saw this or that miracle. I don't, I don't just want that. See, we're not just hungering and thirsting for experience. We're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Which means everything in my life, Lord, has to be rightly aligned to you. Whatever that takes, whatever that means, I hunger and thirst for righteousness. There's nothing that isn't on the line. Everything's on the line. With that kind of a cry and a heart, I can almost guarantee you I'm not God, but God is happy to show up and do things that we've wanted him to do. But why have we wanted him to do it? I think part of the reason that he hasn't done it necessarily is because the why hasn't been quite right. Because we want to say he did that here, or I was there and I saw it, or I was praying for that person as well, instead of saying, I want the Lord of glory to show up and to show off, and for his name to be glorified, and many to be drawn to him, and all the saints to be stirred out of their lethargy and brought with full-hearted devotion to the Son of God. That's the why. That's the why. That Jesus, you know, everything is about the Son of God being rightly honored and magnified. The Father has one agenda. Jesus has raised the firstborn from among the dead so that he might come to have first place, preeminence, superiority in everything. If we get on with that train and that agenda, we're always going to be on the plan of God. I remember sitting at my study, reading Revelation 4 and 5 years ago. We're going to do prayer circles in just a second. Y'all hang on. We do, we do want to pray together. And I'm reading Revelation 4 and 5. We sing it all the time. It's beautiful. It's powerful. God, you are worthy. The Lamb is worthy to receive glory, honor, power, might, dominion. Riches forever and ever. And it struck me. It struck me like a ton of bricks. And I sat there and put my hands over my face at my desk. And I cried out. I said, God. Oh, God, forgive me. I have been spending my life trying to get you to give me those things when I should have been spending my life pouring out myself so that you would get those things because you're worthy. 
the why matters. What are we about? Who are we about? That's the question we have to ask. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to join us on a Sunday morning or other weekly gathering, know that you're more than welcome. And if you'd like other resources on or about this ministry, or for any deeper questions you may have, be sure to visit our website at hotfmlakeland.com.